Dear listeners, welcome to the podcast of the European Reference Network, GuardHeart, the ERN of rare and complex heart diseases in both adult and pediatric patients across the European Union. Today we have two guests, Professor Thomas Robijns and Professor Rick Willems, both cardiologists and representatives from the University Hospital in Leuven, Belgium. Uh, welcome, Rick and Thomas. Hi. Um, Thank you. Bye. Rick, may I ask you the first question? Uh, can you tell us briefly about your city, about Leuven? Yeah, Leuven, uh, it's a historical town close to Brussels. Uh, it has about 100,000 inhabitants. And it was first mentioned uh, in history in the 9th century already, called either Leuven or Lovanium. Leuven is actually well known for its university uh, and therefore its knowledge economy. Uh, the spinners of the university, but also for his beer, uh, for Stella Artois, our famous brewery. The University of Leuven is a very big university, the biggest of Belgium, and it has about uh, 60,000 uh, 60, students. So, And it was founded in 1425, so next year we will celebrate our 600 years uh, anniversary. Um, and in that university, the biomedical uh, sciences uh, group is uh, about um, one fourth of uh, the students. Um, and that uh, university comes with a big university hospital. So that's the University Hospital of Leuven, uh, which has about uh, 10,000 uh, employees and 1,700 beds. Um, I don't know if that's uh, a good uh, description already. And in oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> I think we have uh, learned a lot in a few sentences about uh, your very old and very nice uh, city. Yeah, um, the combination of students and beer gives Leuven, of course, uh, that it's well known for its nightlife. Uh, we have uh, what's called uh, the, the longest bar in the world, which is a... a, a an area in Leuven, the old market called, which is full of uh, uh, nice pubs to visit. I think I think we now can only dream of the next board meeting having in Leuven. <laughs> You're always welcome. Thanks. Um, and can you tell us something about your hospital and, and what is the main focus? So it's the biggest university hospital and we actually uh, try to be on top of every uh, aspect of uh, modern uh, medicine. I think uh, we'll illustrate that uh, is that we are actually involved uh, not only in Guard Heart, but also in 21 other uh, European reference networks. So um, it's uh, hard to say um, for the complete hospital, uh, what is the focus? I think we uh, of course, focuses on rare diseases and uh, serious uh, uh, diseases. Um, in cardiology, uh, we mainly focus on um, the what's what we call fourth line cardiology, uh, where you have the specifics of uh, genetic heart disease, but also cardiac transplantation and adult congenital heart disease. Uh, that are really specific for our university hospital. Um, I think the, the, the 
one of our main strengths is, is the combination uh, of the university and the hospital on one biomedical uh, campus, uh, which makes us very good in translational research um, on different aspects, uh, not only cardiology, oncology, um, mm -hmm. and all other diseases. Yeah, great. Yeah. Um, and uh, Thomas, why did you become a member of, of this ERN, of ERN Guard Heart, and in which thematic areas? So we are currently enrolled in two thematic areas. Um, so both the familial electrical heart diseases and the familial cardiomyopathies. We were actually also uh, accepted by the uh, ERN Guard Heart to participate in two more, uh, which is the congenital heart disease and the other rare cardiac diseases. But due to some administrative issues, this is not complete yet. Um, so currently we are in two, two of them. And the reason why we uh, became member of the ERN, well, there are actually multiple reasons. Um, as Rick already uh, told, we are actually the largest Belgian university hospital uh, caring for rare diseases. And we felt that it was our responsibility to be part of this uh, initiative, uh, responsibility both for our patients, but also for ourselves to be able to be at the front of, of uh, what is happening in this, in this field. Um, also the networking opportunities that come uh, with ERN are also an important factor why we wanted to become a member. Um, so that's basically the main reasons uh, why we became or wanted to become a member of the yeah. of the ERN. Yeah, I completely understand. Um, and um, what can you contribute uh, with your department to the ERN? I think we have a, a long history uh, caring for these patients. Actually, in, in 2002 already, a Center for Hereditary Heart Diseases was founded. Um, in our hospital, um, where we bring together experts from different fields, uh, caring for these patients, both cardiologists, pediatric cardiologists, radiologists, people from the genetics department and so on. So we have more than 20 years of experience now um, with, these, with these diseases. We also have our own genetic laboratory and a large biobank. Uh, where we store uh, samples already from the beginning of the year 2000 of our patients. Um, furthermore, we have a large network within Belgium with other hospital hospitals uh, to share and spread our knowledge um, regarding cardiogenetic diseases. Mm -hmm. And uh, on the other hand, what do you expect from, from the ERN? Um, there are different things. Well, first, as I already mentioned, I think the networking opportunities with experts from other countries are very important. Um, we also found it useful to discuss uh, difficult patients from time to time with uh, the other experts. Um, and a third thing is that we also wanted to be part of this ERN because of the research part, because I think the ERN is able uh, through its big network to be to do some cutting edge research on these diseases where you need large patient data sets which can all only be achieved by by collaborating mm -hmm. um, we have also uh, been able to increase patient awareness um, through initiatives that were done by the ERN 
like for example patient meetings that were organized and i think the last part is which is important is that the rn with its exchange program also makes it possible to teach other people and to be able to get some of our younger colleagues to go abroad to get some teaching uh, on, on these diseases and to to see how other hospitals and other healthcare providers take care of these patients and organize their uh, their healthcare. Yeah, exactly. Um, thank you so far. Um, we have also some personal questions to both of you to get you know a little bit better. Um, um, the first question is for Rick. Rick, where did you train and, and who was your most important mentor? Um, I did my medicine studies in Leuven and then I started uh, training for internal medicine in uh, the St. Augustinus Hospital in Antwerp and later on I started doing a PhD. Um, um, and my promoter and co-promoter were Hen Hedbifel and Karen Sipido, and I consider them to be uh, my most important mentors. So uh, Hen is still involved uh, in um, cardiac diseases and also rare cardiac diseases, but now is in the University of Antwerp. Um, and Karen Cipido is a, a basic researcher, uh, mainly uh, uh, involved in calcium signaling uh, in uh, cardiac uh, uh, diseases. Uh, afterwards, I did uh, a fellowship in um, uh, electro cardiac electrophysiology in uh, the Foothills Hospital in Calgary, Canada, where uh, I had the opportunity to work with um, mainly Anne Gillis, uh, uh, who is retired now, and also Derek Exner. Um, um, and I consider them also still to be very important for, for my training. Thank you. And Thomas, where did you train and, and who was your most important mentor? So I also did my medicine studies in, in Leuven. Um, when I started my PhD, the topic was on, on cardiogenetic diseases. Um, and I basically considered three people as main mentors for the, during this PhD and, and during my, my training. That is, of course, uh, Rick. Um, but also, Anne Hedbichel was already mentioned by Rick as well, and Dieter Nuyens, um, who is also a Belgian, who is a Belgian cardiologist with a special interest also in cardiogenetics. Um, and I think three of them, uh, with through different aspects, were important mentors for my for my training. Um, I also had the ability to go to Amsterdam uh, for one year uh, to follow the cardiogenetics program under the supervision of uh, Arthur Wilde and Yigal Pinto. And of course, these two, um, with their uh, very large experience in cardiogenetic diseases, were uh, important mentors for me. Um, to look how they organize their care and, and um, to, to learn a lot from them. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And uh, it's always a little difficult question, um, but can you tell us something about your, your most important lesson learned? In life or in medicine? <laughs> Uh, I think in medicine, but sometimes uh, there is just one important lesson for both life and medicine, but yeah. you may choose. 
Well, for me, the most important lesson I've learned is that you always have to listen to your patient. Um, and that yeah, sounds a little bit uh, uh, very obvious, but sometimes uh, I think it's important not only uh, to, to find the right diagnosis, because sometimes you don't find anything at the first glimpse, but if, uh, if complaints sound serious, if the patient has uh, a problem, then you have to dig deeper, but also you have to listen to their experiences and to their, uh, their um, ideas about life on how aggressive you need to treat and how far you want or need to go in, uh, in the treatment. Yes, thank you. And and Thomas, can you tell us something about your most important lesson? Yes, I, I prepared uh, a, a bit for this podcast. And actually, it's funny that I wrote down uh, some similar things like Rick just um, told you. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think indeed the history of the patient and his complaints are extremely important, and especially in, in cardiogenetic diseases as well. It's very important to listen to your patients, to their complaints. And if you don't trust your gut feeling that it's all fine and, and reassuring, you should really, as Rick already told you, dig deeper, do more rhythm monitoring and so on to be able to, to make the, the right decision for, for your patient. Yes, thank you. Um... And it's 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 nice that you have the same answer, of course. And uh, I think it's it's really important to 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 know everything about the patient and and to and the families, indeed. Um, so it's not not that strange that you have the same answer here. Um, and then something different uh, about sports. Do you have a favorite sport, uh, Rick? Uh, I I practice uh, only running and a little bit of cycling, uh, but I have a favorite sports team, which would be the soccer team of Leuven, uh, which is called uh, OHL. Uh, uh, it's uh, out Heverlee Leuven. It's uh, new or relatively new in the first division uh, or uh, our Premier League, uh, so that uh, you can find me in there. A hardcore supporters uh, uh, teams during uh, uh, during the matches, um, but myself I run and in twenty five there be a, a marathon from Brussels to Leuven the first time there be European running games and that's now my ambition. Uh, but I'm not so good of a runner, so it'll be a challenge to fulfill that uh, ambition in 25 to run the marathon from Brussels to Leuven. Yes, it's happy that there is just that it is a one year to go to, pra to practice a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, wonderful. And Thomas, your favorite sport? And that's a difficult question. I I think I will pick two. I, I just returned from winter sports and, and I enjoyed it a lot again. So I think skiing is maybe my favorite sport, but unfortunately, we cannot practice it a lot in Belgium. Um, so then my second pick would be cycling. Uh, but unfortunately, there due to lack of time, I cannot do it as much as I want. Uh, I would like to do it. But uh, cycling is, is my second favorite sport. Great. 
And then I think we also heard a little bit about your favorite holiday destination. Uh, but maybe there is also something in summertime. Um, Thomas, what is your favorite holiday destination? Indeed. So, so in the in the winter time, I think it's the the Alps uh, to be able to do the skiing and and enjoy the uh, outside living and uh, and and the views. And in summertime, well, I, I, as what I would always want to do in in summer is just to uh, enjoy good weather with with family and friends. And then it doesn't really matter where it is, as as long as it's a nice uh, environment with 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 people that you like and love and i think that's the most important uh, thing for me in summer yeah beautiful and and rick where do you like to spend your holiday i'm more of a hiking nature uh, destination guy so and i like the combination of mountains and water which you can find either in on an island uh, like corsica or or in norway where you have the fjords um or of course um, since my training, I am really in love with the Canadian Rockies, but that's a little bit far away to go often. Yeah. Okay. Beautiful. Well, thanks to both of you for answering the questions and telling something about you and your hospital. And uh, also thanks to the listeners for uh, listening to today's podcast. And uh, we hope to meet you next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye.